Okay. Judy, you want to come up and share about our rocks? Thank you. Hello, ladies. You still have your rock? Yes. You didn't put it down. Yes. Oh, 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 oh. Don't put it down. Um, these rocks, I'm sure you're wondering what they represent. And, of course, they represent something. We wouldn't just ask you to carry a rock for nothing. So they represent something. Some of them are sharp, and you have to be careful that they don't cut you. Some of them are small. Some of them are large. But they might get a little um, annoying if we had to carry them around all day long. Um, how many of you work in an office? No? Yes? I do. Um, what do you think it would be like to work all day, answering the phones, working on the computer, talking with people, greeting people, whatever you do, selling whatever you sell? Carrying your rock all day. Um, how many of you have a physical job? No physical jobs? Okay. Um, how many of you take care of your family all day long? Yeah, yeah. If you had a, if you had to interact with people and you had to help them, or you were working in a in a a clothing store, you know, there are various varieties of things that you could do that this would get in the way of. Um, what about, do any of you play sports? Not, no, not at this age. <laughs> you girls do. <laughs> I'll just, that was just for myself. No, I don't play any sports. No, but you might. Okay, what sports do you play? <laughs> Pastor Diane? You play the treadmill. <laughs> Ping pong. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, and um, our little Miss Angie, but she did that triathlon. She could have had a nice rock to carry with her the entire way. That would have been helpful. Um, there are many things that physically that um, this may hinder you from doing. Uh, anybody have any idea what tonight? The rock may symbolize? Good guess. That's very good. Okay. That'd be one that you'd want to keep. Maybe. That's a good guess. <laughs> That's a good guess. Um, Pastor Diane is going to minister tonight on unforgiveness. And um, when we hold unforgiveness in our hearts, it can be a detriment to us. It will be a detriment to us if we're holding a grudge. And, you know, many times when we have unforgiveness, there's a real reason why it's there. And the Bible says that. It will be a detriment to us if we hold on to it. And so that's what Pastor Diane's going to minister on tonight. And we can look at our rocks and remember and apply it to what she's saying as she teaches it. And you still have to hold on to the rock. <laughs> Can't let it go just yet. Thank you, Judy. 
My rock is getting all sweaty. Did you all get your um, sheet for your notebook? Okay, because as I'm teaching, you can write down the answers. Okay, did everybody get signed up for the blue owl that's planning on coming? Are you planning on coming? Okay. You can just let us know. Hope you can come. It's not this coming Saturday, but it's the following Saturday, which I believe, if I remember correctly, is June, uh, June, November the 5th. November the 5th. Okay. Well, I want to ask you a question. How many people in here have been hurt by someone? How many people in here have never been hurt? I think the only person that could really say that is probably Bristol. I don't know. Maybe her brother has done something to her. (laughs) How many people in here have gotten upset with someone, not because they hurt you, but because they hurt someone that you loved, like a friend or a family member? Yes, that happens a lot. Do you guys think it's easy to forgive people or hard to forgive people? Anybody think it's easy? I don't think it's easy either. The Greek word forgive means to cry, forsake, lay aside, leave, let alone, let be, let go, omit, to put or send away or to yield up. I'm going to read those again. The Greek word forgive means to cry, to forsake, to lay aside, to leave, to let alone, to let be, to let go, to omit, to put or to send away or to yield up. Does anybody need me to repeat those? Pardon? Yield up. Yield up. So when we forgive people, we we forsake what they did. We lay it aside. We leave it. We let it alone. We let it be. We let go of it. We omit it. We put it away. We send it away, and we yield it up to God. That sounds pretty good to get rid of that, isn't it? Like if you could get rid of this rock. Think about, you know, I was trying to be nice. I could have given you a lot of rocks or a big rock, or these rocks aren't clean, but I could have given you a lot dirtier rocks, right? But I thought, well, I don't want people to get offended at me and not forgive me, (laughs) because their clothes got dirty. (laughs) So um, it would be good to get rid of rocks in your life that you have to carry around, and that's what unforgiveness is. It's like rocks that you're carrying around, and it's extra weight. It's kind of like... um, Someone had said, I'm glad you didn't make us hold bowling balls. You know, carrying unforgiveness is like carrying around bowling balls with you. Anyway, um, I'm going to ask um, or tell you who, who different people are that we're supposed to forgive. First of all, and this is on your sheet, the first person we're supposed to forgive, and these aren't in, in order of importance or anything, but the first one on our list, is we're supposed to forgive ourselves. 
a lot of times we, you know, look back on our life and we're so upset with ourselves because we did something really stupid or we did something that is affecting us for the rest of our life or we did something that hurt a relationship that we're never going to be able to get back the way it was and we just can't forgive ourselves for it. We're so upset with the way that we acted that we just, it just hinders us because we won't let go of it. And it's really important that we um, value God's forgiveness in our lives. God has forgiven our sins and our failures if we repent. And if we keep, keep holding on to that, then um, we're letting our thoughts, our emotions or whatever steal that forgiveness that God has given us. We're letting it, it be stolen away from us. If God forgives you, then you need to forgive yourself. That's really, really important. You need to forgive yourself. We're going to look at 1 John 1.9. 1 John 1.9. It says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So if we confess our sins to God, he's going to purify us and cleanse us from that. And so in his mind, it's not there anymore. So it shouldn't be there in our mind either. And if we think it's so important to hold on to, then we think that then what we're saying is that we're a better judge of things than God is. And we're not. We need to let those things go. And if God forgives us, then we need to forgive ourselves. And if we've done something in the past that has really been a sin or really stupid or really wrong, we need to understand that that's gone. That's the past, and we need to just let it go. The second person we're supposed to forgive is we're supposed to forgive those who have hurt us. And I know everybody that's been alive for just a few years has had people hurt them. You know, you even have a three-year-old toddler who can be crying just hysterically because their feelings got hurt, you know, even though it wasn't something that anybody was trying to do, but their feelings got hurt. And people can hurt us. They can hurt us intentionally. They can hurt us because they're mean to us. They can hurt us because they just weren't thinking or just weren't thoughtful, like somebody important forgot your birthday. Or they can hurt us and they didn't really do anything wrong. We just perceived it like they did something wrong. I know Pastor Terry's told the story many times of a lady who sat in her office and she was just so upset with us. And she said, every time you look at at me, you think I'm fat. And, you know, we never we never even thought that, much less thought it every time we thought of saw her or whatever. And that's something that she she had no offense. She had unforgiveness. She had hurt in her for something that she just made up in her mind. And so no matter how it is that you have unforgiveness in your heart or how it is that you have been hurt, whether it's something you just made up in your mind or whether it's something that someone has really hurt you deeply, we need to forgive that. Let's look at Colossians 3, 12. Colossians 3, verse 12. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. 
and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. Doesn't sound like there's any place in there for us to hold unforgiveness against anybody, does it? It says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. So if the Lord has forgiven us of every single thing that we've ever done wrong, then we need to treat other people the same way. We need to look at other people the way that God looks at them. And that's hard to do um, when somebody has hurt us really, really deeply. And especially when we know somebody has done it because they really wanted to hurt us deeply. That's, that's very difficult, very difficult. But we need to look at those people through the blood of Jesus. Um, most everybody has relatives, right? <laughs> Do you know what I mean by when, when I say that? <laughs> most everybody has difficult relatives, and I have difficult relatives also. And one thing that makes my difficult relatives a little bit more difficult is they live right next door. And they have done just unbelievable, if, I mean, bizarrely weird, mean, wicked stuff, you know, like even putting up signs, you know, on our road and stuff. But, you know, and, and it really bothers me sometimes, you know. But what I do is usually bothers me when I'm outside, you know, and because you can see their house, is I just, when it's bothering me, I just say, Lord, bless them. Lord, I forgive them. Do I feel like doing that? Uh-uh. I, you know, in your flesh, you wish that something bad would happen to them. But I won't let myself do that because then I'm no better than the devil. So I just say it. I say, Lord, bless them. Lord, I forgive them. Lord, I bless them. Lord, I forgive them. You don't feel like it, but you do it because you know it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, forgiveness has absolutely nothing to do with the way you feel. And I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes. It ha- and forgiving someone doesn't make you feel better, necessarily. It doesn't. Um, because a hurt is something that goes really deep, and it's something sometimes God supernaturally heals those hurts. Sometimes they take years to go away. And sometimes, you know, if we, if we keep thinking about what somebody did to us, it, the hurt just keeps getting deeper and deeper. But there's, you know, we have to, even though we, um, a lot of times our flesh or Satan likes to bring those things up to us. Do you remember what they did? Do you remember what they did? Do you remember how they did that? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And a lot of times you need to just take control over your thoughts because that can drive you crazy. That can drive you crazy. Okay, let's go on to the next one. Um, God commands us to forgive those who have hurt a loved one. And this is something that sometimes when you have a loved one that has been hurt, and you take on that offense, it can, it can bother you worse than if somebody hurt you. Especially if it is a, a, 
well, a loved one is a loved one, but, you know, a really loved one, <laughs> like a child, you know. Okay, so this is what happens, okay. Judy, um, Judy has just told me that Paulette thinks she's fat, okay. You, she told me that you think she's fat, okay. This is a game. This is... <laughs> This is an illustration. Okay. Give me your rock. Okay, what did I just do? I took on her offense. And now I have a double load. Okay. Now, Judy. No, I'll get this. Paulette just told, no, this way, okay, get myself mixed up. Judy just told me that Paulette thinks you bake horrible. Let's see. Oh, you have a little rock. What did I just do? I'm, ups- I'm so upset with you because you, to- you think she cooks bad. And I'm so upset with you because you think she's fat. What did I do? I took on another offense. And people live like this. And people take on these rocks because of gossip. Somebody gets on the phone and said, somebody said something about somebody, and I'm going to take their rock because how dare they do that? When that thing might not have even happened. You know? So we need to be careful. You want the big one or the little one? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians um, chapter 2. And Paul is speaking. He says, if you forgive anyone, I also forgive him. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. Wow, so if we're not going to forgive people, the Bible is talking about Satan is outwitting us. If Satan, it is Satan who wants to, us to hold on to hurts. It's not God. It's Satan who wants us to hold on to hurts, offenses, and grudges. When you have someone that keeps going on and on and on about how someone has hurt them, and sometimes you'll find that the story grows bigger and bigger and bigger every time they tell it. And they never get over it, and the story never ends. You can be sure that that person is being outwitted by Satan. Now, there are times that we need to tell our, our friend or family member or whatever that somebody hurt us, and we just need to talk to somebody about it. But it's not godly to broadcast it over and over and over and not get over it. And it's not godly to never let it go. Now, what a godly friend would do, a godly friend will not keep coddling or pampering your hurt. You know, oh, my gosh, what they they did to you. Do you remember what they did to you? You know, keep going. A godly friend won't do that. But will show you scripture to try to bring about reconciliation. If you have a friend or loved one who gets caught up in your hurts, and unforgiveness, they are being outwitted by Satan also. 
in the name of friendship or love or comfort. So as a friend to other people, you need to make sure that you don't get caught up in their hurt. Because if you do, then you're being outwitted by Satan. If we refuse to forgive, we are saying that the blood of Jesus is not sufficient for their crime. We're saying that Jesus' blood is just not good enough. What they did is too bad for Jesus to forgive. If we hold on to offense and refuse to forgive, we are insulting the precious spilled blood of Jesus. Jesus himself said that if we do not forgive others, we will not be forgiven. And I think that that is a very, very scary scripture in the Bible. If we refuse to forgive other people, we're not going to be forgiven. And that's not a good place to be in. So it's important for us to check our hearts and make sure that we've forgiven people. Um, And we also need to be very sure that we ask other people to forgive us when we hurt them. And uh, just like other people can be responsible for hurting you, you can be responsible for hurting other people. And just like people can, not knowing it, offend you and hurt you, you can not even know it but offend or hurt other people. And you need to be sure to be humble enough to be able to go to people and say, if I hurt you, I am so sorry. I meant it or I didn't mean it, whatever, however you did it, but you need to go to them and ask for their forgiveness. Let's turn to Matthew, the fifth chapter, the 23rd verse. It says, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. Wow, God doesn't even want us to be giving offerings if we're not forgiving people. That's a big thing. One Bible commentary explains the scripture this way. Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, and they were very, very, very focused on external appearances, on their worship and what it looked like and how they acted in public. They took pride in going up in front of everyone and laying their offering on the altar, but they did not look at the condition of their heart. If things looked good on the outside and religious rituals were done perfectly, it did not matter how much envy, unforgiveness, and secret hatred he might have. I'm talking about the Pharisees. Our dear Savior Jesus taught a different doctrine. It was more important to have the heart right than to perform the outward act. If a man has gone so far as to bring his gift to the very altar and should remember that anyone had anything against him, It was his duty to leave his offering and go and be reconciled. While a difference of this nature existed, his offering could not be acceptable. Now, the worship of God will not be acceptable, however well performed externally, until we are at peace with those we have injured. The person that comes to worship his maker filled with malice, hatred, and envy, and at war with his brethren, is a hypocritical worshiper and must meet with God's displeasure. Wow. You know, what's going on on the inside of us, all those secret things that are going on on the inside of us, are much more important to God than how we look on the outside and how we act on the outside. And how we act on the outside should be coming from the inside. So if we're worshiping God on the outside, there should be worship on the inside. And that worship has to come from a life submitted 
to God. Okay, we're going to turn to Matthew, the sixth chapter, the ninth verse. And this is Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. As most of you would know, is the Lord's Prayer. It says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you, have, if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Wow, half of what Jesus said here was about forgiveness. That's, that's a lot. You know, when I think of the Lord's Prayer, I don't think, well, it's almost all about forgiving people. I just, you don't think that off the top of your head, but it is. We need to forgive people. It's very important. And lastly, number four, is that we need to forgive God if we're holding offense against him. And you might wonder, well, what does that mean? A lot of times, you know, if we've had tragedy in our life or whatever, we wonder why in the world God let that happen. And we get upset with God and we hold offense against God. We might say, I'm never trusting God again because he let me down. God answered her prayer, not my prayer. Why didn't God heal me? All these things can be unforgiveness or offense that we hold against God, and it happens more than we think. And so um, Mike Shepard was here a few weeks ago in in, uh, August, and he preached a whole sermon about this, living a life without offense. So if you have um, that situation in your life that you're upset with God about something, or if you know somebody, that would be a good, great sermon to listen to, and it's on our website. Now, we had talked about this. I think Paulette had brought it up, what forgiveness is and what forgiveness isn't. Forgiveness, if you forgive someone, it doesn't automatically make you forget what they did. Unfortunately, it would be nice, wouldn't it? I forgive them. It's gone. It's not the way our brains work. Forgiveness does not take away the hurt. Now, there are times that when we forgive people, God just does a supernatural act and work in our hearts and in our minds that it's kind of like it never happened. You know, we can remember it happened, but it doesn't pierce us. It doesn't, it, it doesn't scar us. But sometimes the hurt can be just as bad after we forgive someone as before. Forgiveness doesn't mean you should stay in an abusive relationship. That's really, really important, especially for ladies. If you forgive someone that's been abusive to you, that doesn't mean that you go right back to them because, oh, it's like they never did it. Examples of that are if someone stole money from you and you forgive them, that doesn't mean that you should lay out your checkbook or your wallet wherever they're at. I mean, you just you have to use your brain. If you were raped, it doesn't mean that you go out on a date with the person because you forgave them, okay? If someone beats you and you forgive them, it doesn't mean that you stay in that relationship. If someone hurts one of your loved ones because they were driving drunk and you forgive them, that doesn't mean that they shouldn't have charges brought up against them and go to trial. Do you you all understand what I'm saying? Um, 
Forgiveness is a hard thing because it's an act of faith. It's an act of our will. And, and there's not a lot of times a lot of good emotions that come with it. Oh, I forgave them. Now I feel so wonderful. You know, a lot of times it's just it's a real struggle because when we have to forgive somebody, it's because we're hurt. Uh, but it's it's something that has great reward when we forgive people. We're being obedient to God. So when someone does something wrong, it's our responsibility as a Christian to forgive them. The person that hurt you, you might say, well, what about the person that did this to me? Well, they have a responsibility, too. But we can't take care of their responsibility. We can't make them act a certain way. And our forgiveness can't be dependent on whether they repent because God is the judge, not us. And then one last scripture, what happens if we refuse to forgive people? Matthew 18, verse 34. It says, in anger, his master, uh, this is a parable Jesus is telling, and this is the end of the parable, and it says, in anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. Verse 35, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Wow. God's not saying really good things about us if we don't forgive people. So let's be sure that we forgive people. Let's be sure that we don't have any unforgiveness in our heart. And, you know, sometimes it helps different people if they, you know, go to the Lord, they forgive somebody, and they write it down. So when those thoughts keep coming, you can say, no, I forgave them on such and such a day. It's done. You know, sure, it still hurts, but I forgave them. You know, it's done. And sometimes that helps if you can write it down. Then you have something to look at, a date to remember that you actually did it. And you can say it's over. It's over. And then you can you ask God to heal the hurt. Heal the hurt. Heal the hurt that's on the inside of you. Anybody have any questions? I have on your worksheet, read Matthew 18, uh, verse 21 through 35. That gives the whole parable that I just read the very end of it. Anybody have any thoughts, questions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It helps. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He sure does. Sure does. And there's something about something about human nature that we like to dwell on, on stuff like that or feel sorry for ourselves or whatever it might be and that's that's not the nature of God that's doing that. Well, let's read our pledge. Keep on keep holding your rock. On the back of our book is our pledge, our higher standard pledge. Let's read it together. Did you get a notebook? Somebody want to run and get her a notebook? Okay, let's read it. I commit to live a higher standard in my thoughts, words, and actions. I was made to reflect God's glory. I will go into strict training to get a crown that will last forever. 
I will train my mind to think about things that are true, noble, pure, right, sorry, lovely, admirable, excellent, and worthy of praise. The Bible says that life and death are in the power of my tongue. I will use my words to bring life. I will not let any unwholesome talk come out of my mouth, but only what is helpful for the building others up, that it may benefit those who listen. God created me to do good deeds and has given me the ability to do good deeds. I commit to let my actions glorify God. I will test my thoughts, words, and actions with the following four tests. Are they pure? Are they fruitful for God's kingdom? Am I in faith? And most importantly, are they motivated by love? People will know I am a Christian by the way I love my brothers and sisters in the Lord. And I am trusting to lead more people to the Lord this year than I have ever done before. Amen. Well, we're going to have communion. And we're going to forgive but we're also going to partake of God's forgiveness. And um, so, Paulette, you want to come up? Hello.